Welcome back, everybody, to the Talk Shop, Season 8, Episode 2. I think this is actually our 100th episode. It sure is, baby. It It sure is, baby. I'm going to tell you something. guess what? We have such... It's the plans for this episode. We've been working on this for the past two weeks straight. Every word of this is scripted. Yes. We wrote all of this down. All the Including what I'm saying right now. All the misspeaks. And the interruptions. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to tell you boys something. I got a very interesting letter in the mail today. (laughs) Uh, My my old army roommate. uh, Yep. Found my address and sent me a letter. It Hang was, on, I, can I just like ask a question real quick? Yes. Is this the army roommate that appeared in your YouTube videos? No, no. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Don't worry, this guy was white. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> no. That's a load Close off my one. mind. <laughs> no. So this was what he sent me a letter. It was announcing that he had, um. Made partner at his law firm. He became a lawyer after he got out of the army, and he oh, just shit. made partner at his law firm. Um, of course, we actually had grown apart. Uh, it's been a while, so I found him on Facebook and just sent him a message just saying, uh, congratulations, I got your letter. You know, you're an inspiration, all this stuff. Notice that in his name, he had a PhD on top of his uh, JD, which is what you get when you become a lawyer. And I was like, man. <laughs> okay. I was like, hey, notice that PhD, too. You've been busy. This dude goes on to tell me uh, that he got, I genuinely try and figure this out. He got his law degree at the same time he was getting a PhD in literature. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Hello? At two different universities. <laughs> oh, my God. Did he sleep how? for like eight years? What? Do you know how much writing is involved in, in both, both of, of those? those th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And That's reading. insane. I genuinely don't know how to see it. Now, that kind of thing would typically cause me to spiral into a deep depression, feeling uh, unaccomplished, uh, feeling like I haven't done anything. And to really paint the picture, I happen to be sick today. Uh, So I was off from work uh, and I was downstairs in the basement when I got this letter literally in my boxers playing a JRPG. (laughs) Playing video games, <laughs> yeah, with with snot all over my chest, and I had not done anything all day uh, when I find this out. And like I said, usually this would really cause me a deep depression. But you but... know what I got to say? What I got to say in response was, "Oh yeah, well I'm recording my hundredth episode of the world's greatest damn podcast." Hell <laughs> yeah! Four point three thousand listens. Thank you very much. Yes, for a hundred uh, episodes, that's like forty an episode or whatever. So, that's needless to say, I put him in his place. Yeah, and he knows what's up. He's going back for another PhD now, just so he can keep up. Fucking loser. Yeah, what, what a, a bum. Go out and do something, man. So, yeah, thank you to everyone involved in this. Thanks. How for many megasodes have you recorded, that's Doctor? Right. Yeah. Does he have a hundred episodes of anything recorded? I, mean, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's too busy with his nose in the books like a fucking nerd. That's right, nerd. Nerd. Uh, this is... You know, <laughs> this is, he, He's a lawyer with a PhD. He's probably going to sue us. He's going to somehow oh. hear this. What I would, now, here's the he's scary thing. He's got too thing. much going on to hear this. Here's the scary thing. Somehow this guy found my address. True. And, when I, and all he said was, I used my resources to find out where you live. 
That was how he explained Uh-oh. it. <laughs> Wait, what, what does that mean? Hello? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> the person living in your walls told him. True. <laughs> so, that's got me a little on edge. Like, I don't understand why somebody... He Were lives you in, Facebook friends before or something? Uh, I, when, before I deleted, like, my real account to make my fake one. We were friends, for sure. Huh. But I promise I never put my address on there. Where, yeah. What state is he a lawyer in? Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky. The great state of Kentucky. They got such good chicken there. And I did make that joke. I was like, well, anybody can get two PhDs in Kentucky. Come on, man. <laughs> Kentucky? <laughs> would you, really? What'd you have to do? I, I, it's a, what'd you have to do? Just did you have to sh- mud wrestle a special needs person? Is it just putting the shapes in the holes, like the star shape and the circle shape in one of those boxes? And they're like, well, golly, you are a doctor. Oh, my God. No one's ever gotten 100% on this before. You got a 90%, but that's okay. That's still as high as it goes. <laughs> that's 100% by our standards. Turns out the square is supposed to go in the square. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't nobody here can count me, that I, high. I tried the triangle so many times. Congratulations, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> when you say doctor in a southern accent, it almost sounds sarcastic, just like by it's definition. A, you're dead out there, doctor. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Doctor over here. Yes. <laughs> I'm Thanks, sorry. <laughs> I had a patient the other day, uh, you know, in, in, in within the last however much time. And one of the things that I always have to ask when I'm triaging is, uh, do you feel safe at home? And he was like, not with Biden in charge. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Hell like, yeah, brother. I was like, so okay. So do I put that in the chart or? All I said was okay because I just learned not to engage these things. He's and, <laughs> and immediately he ranched it, launched in like the whole schizo. Like the poke was a lie. I'm dying because of the poke, and you were gave me the poke, and I did not give this guy the poke. But it was my fault. You people. And it, it went on for a good long time. Like I could tell that he'd just been saving this up to yell at somebody in Scrubs. Any like the first person he could see in Scrubs. A vet. And when it was you all done. <laughs> Yeah, we like stared at each other for a while, and then I was like, "All right, but you are safe at home." And and I'm not kidding. He was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh funny. yeah, totally. Yeah, don't worry totally. about it. Mm-hmm. Like after this, but don't you dare ran. poke me. <laughs> uh, I had a uh, customer come into our business, and uh, she's like somewhat regular. And then she's like, "Hey, do you like my hat?" And it like it was like folded weird on her head. And it just said defund. And I was like, oh, this could go two <laughs> this ways. This could go a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. What does it say? Def- I, all I see is defund. And she's like, oh, it says defund the media. <laughs> I, I didn't guess that like, one. Yeah. And I think she was like testing the waters to see if I would just like either flip out or be like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I was just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then it, that was the end of the story. Like, then she got her food and left. Which media, <laughs> but, though? Because I think, like, each side thinks you know, the other the side's media. media is too powerful, right? I would assume the liberal media. Yeah, I would but assume, I don't too. Know. That's Given probably area, true. But I will say I this would, about I living. would assume that, too. But I, I could be, I think, you, I think yeah. if you're, like, a lefty person. I think you probably think the right-wing media is way too powerful, too. I, I don't know. I could see either one of those. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this on this subject. 
There is an easy mode you can unlock to living in rural Minnesota. Rural okay. northern Minnesota. There is an easy mode to life. There really is. I went to see the Minnesotas play the Cow or the Vikings play the Cowboys uh at, mm-hmm. at the stadium Minneapolis uh last year. Yeah. And I went with my nephew who is a huge I mean like like I always call him Hitler's youth because he's like big into Trump and DeSantis and he loves the Republic Re- Republican party. He is just all in on that. He's going to he wants to run for president one day. He's a super genius. He will probably do it. But he's a very hardcore conservative 13-year-old dude. And uh we made a bet. Uh, I said that, you know, if the Vikings won because they'd been having a good season, he had to wear a I love Biden shirt to church. And <laughs> if the Cowboys won, I would wear a Trump 2024 Make America Great Again shirt. Uh, we shook on it. And if you know anything about Minnesota football, the uh, Cowboys crushed the Vikings. <laughs> Just destroyed them. Was It was like 3 to 40 or something like that. So sure enough, I wore a... Uh, Trump 2024, I love uh, Trump shirt uh, to church. And, of course, I always go to the gas station and I get coffee and I get my morning stuff there. I'm going to tell you, I have never in my entire life felt as accepted, <laughs> as <laughs> respected, and loved than I did wearing that red Trump 2024 shirt. I got so many handshakes. I kid you not, somebody bought my coffee for me. <laughs> um, I got a lot, not not literally hell yeah, brothers, but there was a lot of like that hell yeah, brother. That mentality. People who have never once spoken to me at church, because despite the fact that I've been going there for most of my life, I don't actually talk to anybody. <laughs> um, people came up to me, they're like, love your shirt, and they're like shaking my hand, and I'm like, <laughs> nah. It's like, you're getting set up for disappointment. I lost a bet. and uh, But I got to tell you, if you ever want to go incognito and you just want to live the good life here, in this area that we live in, throw on a uh, "Make America Great Again" hat and a red Trump shirt, and I'm going to tell you, you—it's easy access to the club. You're getting invited to golf on the weekends, baby. Hell yeah! I don't think that would fly for me down here. Yeah, you're in more of a metro area where near the know. metro area. Yeah. I think I'd probably have to like dodge bullets. <laughs> don't you have to do that anyway? <laughs> well, yeah, well, not anymore. Thank God. <laughs> Moving out of the like the the primo metro area, it's uh, people are a lot more chill. It seems like anyway. Now I just have to deal with people who are obsessed with Halloween, which is a whole nother kind of hell. You've mentioned uh, for, that before. Yeah, is that what, still now in like March? No, I <laughs> I'm I'm being hyperbolic a little bit, but like there's people that like wear shirts that say. It's like it, yeah, it's literally March, and it says Anoka, Halloween capital of the world. <laughs> it's like what? Why are you wearing this in March? Shouldn't you be wearing like a St. Patrick's Day shirt or something? If you're trying to be festive, but yeah, people, people around here, these parts really like, uh, really like that the the city of Anoka is is the Halloween capital of the world. It's the same kind of people who like really like Nightmare Before Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know that that demographic very well. Yeah. It's pretty much those those types. There's, I think there's just a higher distribution of them in this area. I wonder if it's, this is like Mecca for them sometimes. They, they they do that sacred. I literally looked up Halloween capital of the world and it brought up Anoka. So yeah, that's that's yeah, real. Baby. That's the first thing that comes up. It's true. And then ironically enough, it's not a picture of anything Halloweeny. It's just a picture of a normal street. 
<laughs> yeah, that's because it's just a normal town, except they just have this random name tied to it. So people are like, ah. It's a Twisted Scissors uh, barbershop is what I get next to Mr. Mark Music. Do you know where that is? Oh, yeah, I do know where that is. That's the picture that comes up. And I'm really, I'm doing like the full 360 view. There's nothing, no pumpkins, nothing Halloween. Oh, here it is. There's a really small sign that says Anoka Halloween Capital of the World gift shop. <laughs> they have a gift shop. Oh, okay. I didn't know about the gift shop. I'm going to have to stop by there. Buy my <laughs> Is that open always or just for Halloween? It's very small. That's a good I don't question. know. See. I would assume year round. It's probably like. Yeah, there's little like a welcome center. Shop. Yep, right next to Twisted Scissors. It's a white door with a little sign there. And then let's see. Oh, and then there's a sign next to it that says how many days it is until Halloween. And on the day, <laughs> this, on, on the day this picture was taken, it was 47 days until Halloween. Ooh close getting a real close i'm counting down the days i don't know about you guys i i really want to know what happens to white women when they hit like 35 that makes them think that halloween can be their whole personality yeah i agree with that the kids like get into like high school and i don't know they realize they've reached the ceiling of their job potential and suddenly it's just like i'm about to make that one time a year when horror movies are on tv a little bit more my entire life yeah it's yeah oh my god it could be a lot like uh, just the whole fall personality in general oh my gosh pumpkin spice uh do you have pumpkin spice i'm not gonna lie i am kind of a whore for the for the pumpkin spice for the pumpkin spice stuff well pumpkin spice is good i just i'm just sick of hearing about it I'm all like, about the uh, peppermint mocha season that comes after the pumpkin spice. That's peppermint guy, huh? Yep, I'm all about I that. Like, the farthest I go is a shamrock shake. Oh wait, and it's the it's the time for shamrock shakes. I actually have a question. Let me tell you. When was the last mm, time either right. of you had an Altoid? Literally today. Did Altoids get less minty? <laughs> They're curiously strong, dude. They are. Well, they, dude. Altoids <laughs> used to like fuck your shit up. Like, you eat an Altoid, and it would be, like, the only thing you could think about for, like, the next this is, yeah. 40 minutes. And this now, is a true story. Uh, and now, oh. you eat an Altoid, and it's just, like, yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah. Well, is we might be me? older. Our palates Maybe. might have changed. But, like, I, I remember, because I had to drive, basically, 40 minutes to high school every day. You remember, Corey. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, it's, like, an hour and a half round trip. And by the end, and like uh, in high school, I like didn't sleep at all for some reason. I I don't know. I just like slept five hours a night. So I was like in a daze most of the time. So I'd like frequently nod off while driving. Not like full sleep or anything, but like get to the point where you're like, oh, this is, I'm tired. And I used to just like eat a handful, not like literally a handful, but like a lot of Altoids at once (laughs) just to stay awake. (laughs) Okay. And it worked. So that's a pro tip for you guys. If you don't want to pop the pep pills, just eat a handful of Altoids. Well, actually, maybe if they're weaker now, maybe that won't work. Uh, maybe it's just, yeah, it could be just me. I have no idea. It I just the strongest It's mint. been a long time since I tried one. and I Guys, just, still, just use meth. Just use meth. <laughs> true. We're in the Midwest. Yeah. That's true. Not only that, it's a fun way to lose weight. So Yeah. Finally, weight loss. It's good fun. for the body and mind. It's funny. It, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know where to get meth if, like, if literally my, my life depended on it. It, it <laughs> it was like you need to find meth and buy it by like friday or you're dead i'd be yeah. so fucked 
I'm we'll very just wait sorry. for the next I, police raid next to your house and then yeah. talk to the people outside of the house. <laughs> True. They'll be able to. I'm very, very up. sorry if I've made this joke on this podcast before. I'm very sorry. I hate to repeat jokes, but it's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. But I've always said that that would be like if I had to sell a reality TV show about myself, like in te- like I met somebody on an elevator and they're like, what's your best reality show? Shoot. Mine would always be drop me anywhere in America and then see how long it takes me to find drugs. Zannies, get your Zannies. <laughs> no, because the Zannies, man. I'm already so socially awkward. It would be like a Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> and like the best part would be like really put yourself in the scenario and you know that all of America's watching. You don't want to be racist with who you ask first. <laughs> That is true. It'd be like season five. It'd be like episode five of season one. It'd be like, hmm, he really seems to go to certain kinds of areas very quickly. Certain demographics uh. seem to. Hmm. Let's go to a college campus and then be like, yo, where do you get weed? <laughs> depends. Yeah, it depends on what kind of drug you'd be tasked yeah, with meth, getting. Meth would be the idea. Like, you don't. Oh. Like, I'm reasonably sure I could find. I'm weed. just sleeping too much at night. Does anyone <laughs> know how who can help me? <laughs> but like, where do you go first? America's watching and and judging you. Trailer park. <laughs> Honestly, probably. Make it some biker crank. You could like fuck up, fuck up your clothes real bad, and then homeless shelter. Probably that'd probably be a, like a cheat code. Somebody yeah. there would know. Somebody knows something. Those homeless, they talk. They whisper. They're the ones running the world. You could do a Jesse Pinkman. You could hit up like a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Oh, sure. Now that's smart. That is smart. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like trying to kick the stuff too. Where did you buy from? (laughs) Where did you get that? Who specifically? What are they calling it these days? Surely they don't just call it meth. There's got to be something. Dude, everybody would think you were a cop. It'd be so funny. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay narc they just take one look at me as I was like eating my Burger King or whatever while I was asking they'd be like you're not on meth my guy <laughs> not yet that's why I'm asking you <laughs> I need the hookup man well boys uh, I do I do have some content yeah what do you Ooh, got all right. alright so I'm dying for it because this is our 100th episode I was thinking mm-hmm. about this We've talked a lot. We have hundreds of hours of us just talking. But has anyone truly gotten to know us on True. a deep level? Mm. So I heard about this test that Oxford University does every year. Okay. And right. apparently thousands of people take this test. It's, supposed to, it's, it's literally known if you Google the hardest test in the world. Supposedly this is it. All right. Uh, of all the people that take this test, they only accept two people to like this really um, – this like really uh, exclusive philosophy degree program kind of internship kind of a thing. Okay. All right. I'm and ready. what it is, is there's a list of questions. Let's see. How many questions is it? There's 31 questions. You're supposed to choose three of them and then you write however long you have to write. Mm-hmm. Now, quite frankly, I think that you guys can crack this much better than any of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So right. here's 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 my pitch. I'm going to ask you these questions. I haven't read them ahead of time. I should have. I hope this first word is a word I'm not even sure I can pronounce. And what I want you guys to do is we'll do it in turns. Is in two sentences, I want you to answer the question. All right. I'm ready. All right. 
All right. So who's going first? Tom, are you leading the way on this? Yeah, sure. Why not? This is real. This, they, they, they're so confident that nobody can pass this. They literally they give out the questions ahead of time. All, All right. right. <clears throat> Question number one. What is phenomenology? The study of phenomena. All right. Corey? Uh, I mean, my answer got kind of aped there. I mean, like, <laughs> if, it, <laughs> if it's not that, because um, I, I can't just pick the same thing. It's probably is that the one sorry. Where they that was your two skulls? sentences. Sorry, that was your two sentences. No, Corey. it's uh, sorry, it's the study out. of the Undertaker, the the phenom. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Okay, uh, next question: What limits can the state impose on the right to procreate? I'll give the. the Corey, you can take this one first, since I took the last one. Uh, as wait, I'm sorry. Can, did you say can or should? No, it says what limits can the state impose on the right to procreate? Uh, full on eugenics. Uh, Hitler did nothing wrong. Very good. I think you're getting into this uh, Oxford program. All right, Tom. Well, yeah. I mean, the key operators can. They can do anything. If you said you wanted to have a kid, they could just shoot you in the head <laughs> on the spot if they wanted to. That's a stupid question. Which state? That is a stupid question. Please, please don't uh, don't insult the oh, integrity of the test. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get into Oxford. I'm I need this really bad. I I want to see you get there. All right, next one. <laughs> if you know P, then are you entitled to dismiss evidence suggesting P is false? Um. No. Okay. That's my answer. Uh, I think it depends on your justification for knowing P. Like you, that was you, one sentence. You, it depends. On, if I have a good reason for believing P, then no. If I believe P arbitrarily or for a bad reason that can be disproven, then yes. Okay. Four, is belief attempted knowledge? This is you again, Corey. Is belief <coughs> Probably. <laughs> that's probably true. I'd have to think about it. That's I think that's probably true. Yes. Okay. I will have to say, yes, belief is attempted knowledge because believing something doesn't necess isn't doesn't necessarily operate on the predicate that you actually know the thing right right good i wonder if everybody uh that takes this test ends it with a question mark every time yeah <laughs> well right? there's like a i know there's like an idea <laughs> i i know this there's like an idea in philosophy of like a justified true belief which is the idea of like just because you thought something and you were right doesn't mean that you like you basically that you get credit for it like if for some reason you believed that like um if you like did a bunch of cocaine or whatever and like had some insane vision that there was like an invisible purple elephant in your room or whatever and then like it turned out that that was true like <laughs> you probably like the 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 means that you used to come about that and why you thought it matter right it doesn't just matter that you happen to be right i wonder if anybody in the history of this essay uh, test has ever used cocaine and purple elephant in there that's a good question i love it Oh, they see that's he's a shoo-in now. All right. Uh, all right, next question. Um, is pain purely representational? And if so, 
of what? I forget whose turn it is. Tom's Tom's up first for this one. It is representational. It represents the human experience. Sunglasses. All right, Corey. (laughs) Uh, Pain represents nothing. It is the goal that we strive for. (laughs) Okay, Marine. Uh, (laughs) Uh. He's been watching those. He's been watching those testosterone TikToks when he says that. I've been chugging these pills, brother. He's been taking the David David Goggins train. That dude. I'm gonna go ahead and that throw something out about wild. David. I was gonna say I'm gonna throw out something about David Goggins right here and now, and I want it on the record. Hit me up. We are going to find out in like a certain number of years that that guy was diagnosably insane, <laughs> and like not okay. <laughs> and then we're gonna have to reconcile the fact that so many American men were following his advice to the letter. <laughs> All in, I only know Walton Goggins. I don't know. I sorry. I don't he's know the wrong sure meat guy. That was a right? good joke. No, he's the guy. Have you seen HBO? No, no, no David Goggins. Principles? Oh. David Goggins. I don't know about raw meat. I know that he he supposedly runs like twenty five miles a day. He went and became a Navy SEAL just because he was fat and he wanted to see if he could. Um. Then apparently, like his the team hated having it on him. Hated having him on it because he'd just done it like as a challenge, and he didn't actually want to like be a SEAL. So <laughs> then they just made him like a recruiter. And now he's like nice. a big self-help guru who like he goes to celebrities and like he tortures. He literally tortures them. Like he'll take them to the gym and he'll make them make them do as many pull-ups as they can. And then he'll be like, well, we're not leaving the gym until you do 100 more. <laughs> that sounds so retarded. <laughs> nice. Okay. Who's well, maybe Walter... they should be doing 100. Who's Walter Goggins? I think it's Walton. I don't Walton. remember. He's an actor. He's if you watched HBO's Vice Principals, the Danny McBride show, no, he's the supporting actor in that show. You'd recognize him perhaps if you saw him. Okay. That's the only Goggins I know. That's all I'm saying. All right, we don't have to do all 31 of these questions, but I'm going to move I'm going to do a few more. Yeah, hit me with a few more. I just want to hear. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm a philosophically right. minded human. Here's the next one. I like this one just obviously immediately stuck out to me because like it feels like a trap. <laughs> all right, are you ready? All right, Corey's up for this one. Yeah, hit me up. (laughs) Ought there to be a feminist metaphysics? Uh, I don't see the need for that uh, because God is a woman. Oh, (laughs) very good. You're going to get the letter from Oxford. (laughs) Listen, you're going to get the letter. (laughs) We've never seen such a perfect one word, one sentence answer. All right, (laughs) Tom. Uh no, because we don't need our metaphysics research being interrupted by one week out of the month. <laughs> this is I'm I'm curious just to hear what you say about this. This is I this is an interesting question. Uh how do metaphors work? Well, metaphors are a bit like <laughs> bark on a tree. I see what you did there. <laughs> the bark is what you see, but the actual like the useful wood is on the inside. You see, so that's kind of that's how metaphors work. It's, My favorite description very... of a metaphor was it's a sentence wearing the costume of another sentence. Oh, that's good, Corey. Uh, can you can you work? repeat it again? How do metaphors work? I can't think of anything funny. 
I have to. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a model for understanding something else. I can't think of anything funny or pithy or whatever. I have to phone that one in. Was this was this a, was this at all what the Amazon interview was like? Um, this kind of what the Microsoft one was like. Was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that dude. That when you were talking about that interview, <laughs> so fucking funny. It is kind of like that. This one's maybe a little more abstract, uh, but not maybe. It is more abstract, but not by like a ton. Should we try to define art? Probably. If it's not interesting, if there isn't like a line, or if it, it's not interesting, if there isn't a test you can put something through um, to decide if it's art or not. Tom? No, because if I want to shit in the street, I want to be able to call it art and get away with it. Sure. All right. Uh, when we have a hallucination, what do we see? This is me? Yeah. Uh, we see the actual true reality that they don't want us to see. <laughs> our, our, our waking reality is a hallucination. And our because delusional breaks from it are the actual real world. All right. Tom? I just see reruns of the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> that's when you break out wonder, of the, you take the red pill you break out of the matrix that, that's what it is just the Andy Griffith show can you imagine these people going for these PhDs in the subject and just the absolutely insane schizo stuff they write for like a novel <laughs> I love the idea that there's like three 60 year old people that have been studying you know philosophy their whole lives that like go over each one with a grand detail like mm-hmm, quite the uh, fascinating new uh, uh insight into the human experience let's uh give me one more give me one more yeah right. these are kind of addicting i do kind of like these uh, and we, after we this one i'm gonna ask for one more again <laughs> we, we can do as many as you want this is fun I, i'm yeah, glad that you guys up. are enjoying this all right when is blame appropriate oh when somebody is responsible for something that happened <laughs> it's not just a negative thing i say it's appropriate always you should always be blaming everything except for yourself that is, that's base, true. Right. This is interesting. I, this is, I like this because it just shows how universal this like little internet meme has become. I mean, I know it started as a real philosophical idea. Don't at me. But one of the questions is literally, can we learn anything from the trolley problem? If you don't know the trolley problem, it's that there's five people tied to one train track, one person tied to the other. You hire at the switch. Who do you choose to let the, the train run over? The trolley run over. Can we learn anything from that idea? Can we learn anything? I don't think... I mean, in a vacuum, we're just like the existence of the problem. I don't know how literal to take that. Uh, can we learn anything from... Like, it's popular. I'm pretty sure that for the sake... What people say for the sake of this question... For the sake of this question, I think you just have to take it at face value. Like, I would, I would assume at an academic level, they're saying, is there anything constructive or useful or actually beneficial... To the academic experience to study trolley problems. Uh, probably, yeah. I think, yeah, okay. I think the utility of the of the trolley problem, like at scale, is seeing just like what the what the demographic of it is of society. Um, like the split of like what percentage of people would do different things. I th- I think that like actually kind of says a lot. It says a lot about our society. <laughs> but damn it. 
I say yes, we can learn uh, just how much damage a trolley going at 75 kmh can do to five people on a track. What if, like, uh, dude, how much would it suck if, like, it only ran you halfway over and you were just, like... Pinned to a half- trolley? Yeah. <laughs> that would it, not be fun. <laughs> See, we learned something, though. There we go. Suffering. Really? It goes back to the other question. I'm relating <laughs> it to the other question. Pain is the goal. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, should there be one logic to rule them all? From Lord of the Rings fans at Oxford. <laughs> one logic was given to the realm of man. <laughs> uh, I, I can't answer. I'm not sure doom. which logical system I'm supposed to use to interpret and parse that question. I'd say no. It's whatever's funniest at the time. That's that's <laughs> actually true. All right, this is really long, and I haven't read it, but let's just see. Let's just see. This is by far the longest question. It happens to be the last one. Okay. Two. Okay. I hope I can pronounce everything. Uh, to the extent that the technical issues that fill Anglophone journals result in any comprehensible way from questions of large significance, they do not seem to have reached the stage at which firm answers might be found. Any defense of the idea that philosophy, like particle physics and molecular biology, proceeds by the accumulation of reliable answers to technical questions would have to provide examples of consensus on which larger agreements are built. Yet, as the philosophical questions diminish in size, disagreement and controversy persist. New distinctions are drawn, and yet tinier issues are generated. Decomposition continues downwards until the interested community becomes too exhausted, too small, or too tired to play the game any farther. That was uh, a quote by Philip Kitcher, and then it just says, discuss. So literally, they know that they're just wanking themselves. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of like, (laughs) it's the same thing in like economics, right? It's like like specialization, where it used to be like, you know, you had to work your whole fucking life just to not die. And now like, like two, like one person who works at Hertz couldn't go and work at uh, like Enterprise, (laughs) even though it's like the same fucking thing. It's the same job. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably like like fractally things just kind of like keep spreading out and expanding and getting more complicated uh, as like more people are involved and more people are looking at it. And that's probably just kind of the way things are. It's like an entropy thing. It's just like the way th- like th- things are. I think if pain is the goal, then philosophy is the, is whole. the best route there. Oh wait, what? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the whole. Uh, I just say uh, being smart is dumb and lame and nobody wants to be smart because it's lame so all of this discussion about like oh look at the look at this specific topic tangentially related to this larger topic look how undetailed and unrefined it is it's because at some point there's a cutoff of where you realize you're being super lame and then you have to decide in that moment, am I going to continue being a complete lame who studies this random specific topic or am I going to be cool and not give a shit? And I think that's the reason. You got to be cool. Like the big topic, sure. Like, does 2 plus 2 equal 4? Yeah, it does. Everybody knows that. That's cool. That's something everybody knows. But why? Who cares? That's not cool. That's nerdy. 
It's like the Onion article. I had to Google it to remember. Expert wasted entire life studying anteaters. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's that's this. Those were interesting. I, I like those. Oh, yeah, there are a lot more, but yeah. I think that's it. I think that's enough for a bit. The bit. Yeah, I think we're good. I think, yeah, I I like that. I'm gonna Thanks change for the tag to a philosophical podcast. Hell yeah, that'll bump the viewers for sure. Yeah, all those philosophs. I think <laughs> <they're> I, <obsessed. laughs> those were interesting enough like that I think I'm gonna I'm gonna see if any answers but have ever been published to some of those questions and read up on them. There's some interesting. Wait, was there. the Bible homophobic? Or not homophobic? Uh, 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 not homophobic. Um, was the Bible uh, anti-Semitic? Hmm. The Bible, perhaps. The Philistines. What are they trying to say? Oh, I see where you're going with this. It's yeah, kind of weird. I think it was. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, it's kind of like uh, inversely anti-Semitic because it's centered around the Semitic, but all the people around them are all Steens. Oh, so you're saying that it's centered around the Semitic as like a shield for its own anti-Semitism. It took me a very long time to figure out what you, what the joke there was. So Stein, <laughs> like, like the the stereotypical Jewish name. Yeah, yeah. So it's Palestine. Like, oh, look, you know, we're, um, convenient, huh? Yeah, very, very. I'm not gonna convenient. lie. I, I thought I'd had a stroke and like the whole. Oh, podcast so all of Jesus's enemies like were just minutes. named Steen? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Um, yeah. The people up his ass all the time over nothing. Okay. Goliath was a steen, and David I mean, just happens to smite him, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, there's actually a really great joke there in the fact that Jesus is God, and God is supposedally four-dimensional existing outside of time. So it would totally make sense that he would put that joke there knowing that it would be funny in modern day that the True. Steins killed Jesus. The fact that we're just realizing it now is, is further evidence uh, of the existence of God. It's like the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation when they shoot the beam through three different times of the universe. Yeah, and it has to meet. And yeah. and Q is like you're learning. I think that the Jew, the great hidden the Jew, Jew joke, the Jew joke <laughs> of the Bible, the is, Jew, is somewhere the the God, the, the God equivalent of Q yeah. is nodding at us right now and being like, you're learning. well, it's funny that you mentioned Q because yeah. you know what Q rhymes with. <coughs> you know what Q rhymes with. Uh huh. You know what Q rhymes with. Jew? Uh, is that what you say? Pew, like yeah. church, yes. uh, like synagogue, like the one that Jews go to. It's, it's a Jew thing. Okay. Yeah, Q, yeah, yeah. Does Q rhyme with Jew? Q, like, okay, let's use it in a song. No, it does, I said it rhymes with this... Pew, idiot. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm waiting in this queue to find myself a Jew. Yeah, that totally works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm praying at this pew. Well, that's not where I was going. I was gonna. I thought it rhymed with P-U as in stinky. Like Jews. Okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> okay, Kanye. Dude, Calm holy, down did we over talk there. about that? No, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we've definitely talked holy about Holy shit. Where did he go? Did he <laughs> I think he got bored. I'm pretty sure somebody finally was like, dude, you have to shut the fuck up. If I got bored, probably his, like, whatever manic phase ended. Maybe he took so his meds. Do you th I was gonna say, do you think like at some point the management team like snuck him his drugs like in his maybe <laughs> in his <laughs> spiked his coffee? I, like, think, um, I think I said on this podcast He's that it was like you. It was like a huge bummer that like he was so clearly insane, but he has so much clout that he'll run out of money and clout before he'll run out of people like willing to just to say whatever to get like a crumb of it. 
Oh yeah, he, he's. I, I've I've said through the whole thing, he's one banger away from everything being forgiven. <laughs> just one. <laughs> that's, that's actually probably true. He's just one gold digger away from all of uh, America if and the he, Middle East and everyone forgiving normal, him. If he can act normal for yeah. like six months, I mean, people people's memories aren't that long. Um, if he can act normal for six months and drop a banger album, most people will forgive or forget. That's probably true. I, I'm going to be honest. He probably doesn't even have to act normal for six months. Just one good song. Like just one really good, like, uh, like in from his heyday, like, uh, celebration or whatever. Just one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those songs. And I get, I promise you. (laughs) Oh, you mean like another insert Kanye West song that I don't know because I never listened to Kanye West. Oh, look at Tom. He doesn't listen to Kanye West. I'm too way too cool to listen to Kanye I only know the West. ones that super mega blew up because I also don't really listen to Kanye West. Although his recent opinions have kind of swayed me into <laughs> I came for the anti-Semitism. Semeticism. I stayed for the bangers. It's anti-Semeditation. Mm, that that's word? good. Write that down. No, that's like that's the practice of meditating on hating Jews. <laughs> Speaking of mania, it was so funny, like, I don't know about funny, it was really interesting, in all of his, like, insane ramble monologues on, like, all these different shows he went on, he was always constantly, like, like, slam poetrying like, his thoughts, like, he would, like, like, I I don't know if that's, like, a manic episode Kanye thing, but, like, the dude was, like, always writing something, it was really interesting. He probably rhymed Q with Jew, too. Probably. He probably did. And I rhymed Q, Jew, and two. So where's my Grammy? It is probably that easy, honestly. Does anybody watch the Grammys? No. no I mean, but... yeah, we've talked about it before, but like you, you, <laughs> you go look at a show, like a song that wins a Grammy or whatever, and you go on Wikipedia, and it literally has like seven writers and like four mix, four engineers and like six producers and like five people mastered it somehow. <laughs> so, uh, there's, like, there's, I just don't like the idea that like Hollywood is just like full of dudes who just like sit around and just like write beats and loops and melodies and hooks all day, and then like they just get a call from a producer and they're like, "What do you got today, Jimmy?" And they just sell like they sell some MIDI loop for like eighty grand, and that's just what they do. Yep. Cool. Uh, for me, the Grammys really lost a lot of credibility when Good Kid, Mad City came out by Kanye West and instead they gave the Grammy for best rap literally best rap album you mean um to Mac uh, to Macklemore Kendrick not, Lamar yeah not usually Kanye West <laughs> oh I'm sorry yeah you guys that's just a uh, fog brain yeah uh, Kendrick <laughs> Lamar good kid mad city and they gave it to Macklemore what's that for guy the, doing it, now I'm gonna pop some tags song. it was for the song where he's just like in third grade I thought that I was gay but I'm totally not gay but I love the gays and they were like we gotta give that boy a statue yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that you song know what? was so wild in hindsight, man. <laughs> that segues perfectly, I think. Perfectly, I say, into our uh, nostalgic album review. Oh, shit. That's Speaking the of entire topic of the entire album. <laughs> yeah, true. If you guys are, you are t- okay with Coca-Cola yeah, 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 straight on Why into not? it. Why not? So, long-time listeners, meaning at least two episodes, know that we uh we said we were going to listen to a little album called Diverse or sorry Welcome to Diverse City by Toby Mac and we did it 
by golly i just did, did it today it. as a refresher i listened to that album probably five thousand times when i was a kid oh my god i listened to it so many times and uh now we're going to talk about it and with with the 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 nice high focus 2020 lenses of the year 2023 that doesn't really work when saying 2020 there wasn't enough 2020 vision jokes in 2020 that is true am i wrong i feel like there was a lot was but then, like, COVID happened, and I guess in hindsight, you know, it's 2020. <laughs> I remember being, when I was a little kid in, like, first grade, like, everybody had those, like, 2000 sunglasses. The, like, the new millennium the, sunglasses, like, whatever, New Year's Oh, meme. yeah, the I year remember 2000. That. Yeah, yeah, I remember but that, But 2020, too. nobody cares anymore. Hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden, think. it's lame. Really makes you think. Who's pulling the strings on those glasses? Uh, I have a question. Who's really running this show? Listening okay. to Diversity. You know, it's been a while. Like like you, I listened to it a bunch when I was a kid. Um, but just mm-hmm. quick listen through again today. Um, I couldn't really tell. Is Toby Mac, uh, is he saved? Is he a Christian? Uh, he I really kept it from. subtle. Yeah. It was, really... it, it's very subtle. You can pick up on it on a couple of lyrics, I think. And okay. Maybe is a it like tracks. is it like a back masking thing? Do I have to like play it backwards on vinyl? To... Yeah. It, the very cool thing about Toby <laughs> Mac was that he kept his message very, very hidden. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he emoted a lot of real world issues and he didn't want to beat you over the head. He wasn't preachy at all. No. Like, and a lot of it, which is, you know, credit to him. A lot of people of his era were definitely preachy. True. Like you think of like Switchfoot. They they beat you over the head with it. <laughs> That's true. Evanescence. And he really, <laughs> Evanescence. Wake me up inside, Lord. Yeah, wake <laughs> me up inside. Say literally says save me. Save me. In parentheses, Lord. From myself because I'm a sinner. Exactly. See, it's it's they just slap you right in the face with it. It's like a a cold wet slap right yeah. to the mouth. Right it's like when, a dick at four a.m. Right when you wake up. Yeah, just getting slapped on your face. Just getting, getting a nice wet slap. All right, where are we starting this? <laughs> I, I just want to say my history with Toby Mac is I loved Momentum. Like a huge oh, fan. I've yeah. told the story a million times about like, how but I stalked him down. I thought son. Momentum was – that was really my introduction to that, that kind of music, that rock-rap kind of fusion. Yeah, I'd never yeah. heard anything like that mm-hmm. before, maybe with P.O.D. around the same time kind of a thing, and then Limp Bizkit. That actually – this was my gateway to eventually Limp Bizkit. Which is not any, but it's actually like even worse. I would take Toby Mac <laughs> over Limbiscuit any day of the week. Um, but that was kind of the route there. I'd never heard like that hip hop and and uh, you know um, distorted guitar combination before. And then I'd never listened to Diversity. I never listened to this album. I don't know why. I don't have any justification. In two thousand four, I was definitely still in that scene. So I and I mm. loved Toby Mac's first album. So I don't know why, but I never listened to it. This. So, yeah, like this album came about right when I was like first listening to music on my own, I think. Um so it was like it's weird to think back at that time because it, it's like any it it could have been like a, the best of Barbra Streisand and I would have been like, "Oh my god." Yeah, that's true. Like it literally doesn't matter. Like it's it's like the thing you hear and you choose to listen to that like later defines well maybe not directly for in this case but like tangentially defines your taste <coughs> like it like it's like a spider web thing like it's like you you have the your one point where you listen to this thing and then all of a sudden there's like all these other things that are like tangentially related to this album 
and then it just kind of spreads from there. At least that's how it worked for me, I suppose. But but yeah, this is uh, definitely an album that on release it was during the. I th- was it the was it starting to decline the evangelical Christian kind of super popular movement? No, I want to say was, this was probably at its peak. Like at the very top. When was this? Yeah. Like oh yeah. four? I think that's probably peak. Yeah. 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 And then it that's started like dropping peak Dove Awards and now that's what I call uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or wow, yeah. not now. If if I was gonna legit if I was gonna pick a year when like that movement was at its absolute highest, I would say two thousand four. That two thousand to two thousand five period was just beautiful for those people. And I think in two thousand four was right before the decline started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense because, like, yeah, this was this must Pat have been Robinson a, 700 Club. What's the name yeah. of Toby? Oh Mass man, that's opening up some core memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see the picture. It was like it was like Goatee Records. Am I right? Was it Goatee? Yeah, Goatee yeah, Records. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah what so it was like it was like Tooth and Nail and Goatee Records. Tooth yeah. and Nail, yeah. Tooth and I still follow them on social media, and man. They unfortunately about are not what they used to be. Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> they they still release music like super regularly, but it's like bands that are, you're never going to hear about. And then I always go and check because I'm like, what's what are they putting out? And like usually, I don't know if this is just in music as like the underground scene as a whole. Usually, it's like really moody, like synth. And then like sometimes there aren't even lyrics, and it's really boring. Every band that I've tried from them is like that. And I don't know if that's oh my that's god, what the remember kids are into. Cutlass? Yeah. I yes. Oh my. You god. are my strong tower. Fortress when I'm weak, <laughs> beautiful and mad. I'm sorry, I just looked up to the nail. I'm sorry, I super derailed. <laughs> it's the same era. About. That's the that's nostalgia all came out in that era. Yeah, nobody and actually cares. Diversity. Nobody listening out. to this cares what we think about Toby Mac. They like the nostalgia uh, and the memories that we. A little jolt. Yeah. I've, I haven't or heard of just a, a single hit. one single currently signed to the nail artist. What what kind of band? What kind of band name is Death Therapy? It's a great band name. Hmm. I'm gonna have a band called. Life I don't like Therapy, band names, and then we'll fight. Um, like this one has this problem. Like trying to say it out loud, like it has like the double th sound, like Death yeah. Therapy. I, if I ever started, if I ever started another band, I'd want to call it Rural Rear Wheel Drive. Rural Rear Wheel Drive. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. It's a really easy way to sound drunk. Gonna pop in some real, real live. <laughs> oh, I love that band. <laughs> all right, Toby Mac. Yeah, Toby, Toby Mac. Mac. First of all, I just got to comment on the album cover. Oh, yeah. It's a picture of Toby Mac, and then I know these colors as Rasta colors. Yep. Yeah, that's what I immediately think of that, too. I don't know if that's I didn't know that at the time, obviously, but as soon as I pulled it up now, I was like. <laughs> Like, the, the, the more I, I don't think to, this would fly that nowadays. Yeah, it's really the more funny. I listen to Toby Mac, the more I think that diagnosably he just really wishes that he was African American. I I, like, I think not you're in right a, for sure. Not in like a oh I I like respect the culture and I'm glad that I got rich you know kind of appropriating it a little bit. I legitimately think that like he mentioned it in that one song you know Daddy always says that he wished we were black. I think that like psychologically he was pressed as a kid to like think he was less because he's white, which is. Very interesting, but uh, he clearly has a complex about it, right? Well, I've <laughs> seen a live you... show. Oh yeah, I've seen him live a few times. He's like 
one of the only white people on stage. I, I mean, yeah. like, and I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with that. It's just funny that it seems like he just surrounds himself. I actually saw in, him like, live in the city when he was doing this album's tour, and I don't really remember the show at all because I went there with uh, my brother-in-law and the dad and a super attractive girl that I stood no chance with, but was trying my best. Mm-hmm. And a light beer truck drove by, and I was like, "Oh, light beer tastes bad," and I'd never tried any beer at that point and my brother was like you've never had beer dude you're ridiculous and i was like nah light beer sucks and he's like okay and then so <laughs> i got it in my head that i was gonna I, was, I got it in my head that i was gonna prove to this really pretty girl that i was hardcore i was like and i told her i was like well, i can't get any beer here obviously but watch me uh do the next best thing <laughs> so i went to the coffee shop and i ordered a triple espresso and i tried to like take like a shot in front of her and it was very bitter and i immediately spat it out all over my shirt and a little bit got under her oh <gasps> Nice. So thanks, Toby Speaking Mac. Of That's a lovely memories. memory. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Psychic damage. I could um, yeah. I could get that insecurity a little bit if you if you were about like being being a super white rapper. You know, like you're you're trying to make money in like a totally primarily black industry. Uh, I I could see maybe being a little bit insecure about being an ultra white dude or like talking about it or whatever but like i think you're he is super fixated on it i I do kind of really get the i wish i was black vibe yeah he really like he'll say things like wouldn't it be better if i was black and and here's my theory on that too is that eminem does that a lot too and i think that in like obviously there's like a whole scene that we'll never be a part of it like the professional music scene probably the hip-hop scene even on the christian side we're probably being white and being into hip-hop was probably spit on really hardcore like they probably didn't like white guys in the club i don't know uh so maybe like it re-ingrained it or maybe it was just the only experience they had to share because it's not like toby mac could come up and be like i remember being in the hood and on the streets so i mean maybe he just doubled down and was like yeah i do wish i was black like you i don't know yeah Yeah. it comes across really strong in this album yeah yeah for sure (laughs) this one specifically yeah well the name of the album for one thing um yeah, these days it would be seen as like a woke message where he would be like trying to be like, hey, everybody, let's accept everyone. It kind of feels like psychologically he was trying to be like, please accept me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good diverse. read. I like that. I think that's true. It's, it's, like a, it's like a mirror image of it. He was like, yeah. look how diverse we are, everybody including me. <laughs> I got to say, like listening to this after not listening to it for like 20 years. Yeah, literally. Or yeah. whatever. Uh it like unlocked. I forgot how much of this album I had like cover to cover memory. Oh yeah, dude. Same. It like uh, like as soon as I heard the chorus on a couple of the songs, I was just like, oh my god. I know all of this. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Um, it's like why why like is it? that occupying some deep dark corner of my brain? Can that just get flushed out with something so I can replace it with like I don't know anything? Anything it even about have to taxes? Be more or, useful. Like, just like yeah. just something more relevant. Just, <laughs> yeah, something more modern, perhaps. There's a few songs that I think still hit are like bangers. I think, um, oh god, not that one. <laughs> um, I thought, I think "Atmosphere" is catchy as hell. Uh, I think that "Stories" song, that "Down to the Bottom" song, is catchy as hell. I actually kind of like "Diverse City." The yeah, "Diverse," dude. That's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking Bootsy Collins. 
Oh my god, Stories was featuring Super Chick. When was the last time you thought about Super Chick? I have no Not idea. Not in a million years. Oh my and god. And Barlow Girl? Super Chick. Yep. Barlow Girl. Hell yeah. Zoe Girl? Um, The guy, the hype man on Diver City, like yelling the black dude in the background yelling shit all the time that's bootsy collins i don't know if you know who i did not know that he's like all-time funk icon uh he's done a lot of shit with buckethead for some reason i don't know why uh bootsy collins that's insane actually <laughs> i don't Super know chick, i don't how know how he swing that i don't know how he got hooked up with uh with toby mac hey man I want to talk about Jesus. Anyone who's loud. good friends with Buckethead is probably a weirdo. So, like, there's probably something going on there, but <laughs> I thought that was super <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Well, why don't we go, like, track by track real briefly? Sure. Yep. There's I just want to start by saying, I, I I just want to say outright, I did not like this album. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I don't want to oh, trash yeah, your no. memories, but no, as no, somebody no, that didn't have, bad. like, the nostalgia attached no, to it, it I... Bad. I actually thought this was awful. I think it's it bad. actually hurt. I agree. It hurt me physically to listen to it's, this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. A much worse version of momentum. Yeah, I, I want to say um, the song. Like me going into this, I was expecting to hate it, and I did hate it. Uh, but there were a few songs. There was there was a few songs that I didn't hate as much as I was I was expecting to, and then there were a couple that I think are actually pretty all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, there's, I I'm not, <laughs> it wasn't like offensive. I went into it excited because I'd liked momentum so much yeah. and I don't know. I just, every song I was, first of all, okay. So yeah, let's get into the track by track now. Let's do it. Yeah, oh, I want to say one more thing super quick before track yeah. by track. Uh, we mentioned in like the chat earlier how like when we were kids, uh, it's, it doesn't, I mean, maybe uh, I'm, I'm not plugged into the scene anymore. So maybe it's still like this. Um, but at least when we were kids, Nobody actually cared about like Christian things being good on their own. All they had to do was just exist. There, it was just like what's popular, and then we're just gonna have like Christian that. And so yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. absolutely. oh, we have like Eminem. We have so we have KJ Five Two. Is oh, we have yep. like Limp Bizkit. Uh, and like I mean, rap rock. Was, everybody was doing rap rock. Um, <laughs> but like, oh, we have Toby Mac. Like it didn't actually matter that like whatever they were doing yeah. was was good or like original or its own spin on something. It just needed to exist. There just needed to be something to as, to. as notoriously as like, there's the Walmart brand of like Tylenol literally yeah. or whatever there. The, it wasn't, it was shameless. It was literally like they would pick artists that sounded similar to what was going on in the mainstream. And then like focus on the family would put out an article that would be like exactly what you're saying. You don't need blink 182. There's reliant K. And yeah. and that was that was the whole market. That was absolutely yeah. so. The, and that's probably why the the scene died because it wasn't innovating or creating anything on its own. And uh, so eventually, you can only imitate to a certain extent before the you know nobody's listening to it. Also, things like Spotify and streaming and YouTube. It's so easy. Like you're not going to control what your kid listens to. Yeah. No, you're just not going to. There's it's so easy to access. Like. You guys remember a lot of people that listen to this probably remember, but it's a completely different experience now. I used to like sneak to the mall or like say I was going to a movie or something like that, then go to the store in the mall. I would buy a parental advisory CD, stuff it down my pants and sneak it back home <laughs> to have it. And that would be like how I would literally hide it in the front of my shorts 
and then kind of crouch over. And then when I'd get home, I'd throw it away and, and I'd keep the case and then I'd keep it hidden in my CD case behind the Christian CDs. And that was how I got stuff that wasn't Christian. So it was yeah. really hard to get access to this. I had to, to like the... convince my parents to like buy anything secular, but the only thing that ever worked was music my dad listened to when he was young. <laughs> so it was like Foreigner and oh, some yeah, that worked for me. and like the Beatles and stuff. Like that always worked. But then, yeah, I'd never, I really didn't listen to like anything contemporary that wasn't Christian for a long time. It took a while. Uh, the metal was actually the thing that kind of broke it because there was uh, a couple of Christian metal bands, and I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're actually pretty good, like overall. Um, but it's so incomprehensible to uh, you know, your parents listening to it that they just kind of don't try. Yeah. So then you could just like listen to other metal. And it wouldn't matter because they didn't understand it anyway. <laughs> so oh, true, yeah. Notorious, notoriously, I convinced my mom that Lincoln Park was Christian, and on their bridge when they scream, "Shut up!" When I'm talking to you, I said that that was to the devil. <laughs> and I remember her. Oh, I remember her nice. nodding her head and being like, "I like it." <laughs> yeah, I used to listen to. I used to blast Azalea Dying's "An Ocean Between Us." What a goaded fucking album. And then my dad was like, are you sure this is a Christian band? And I was like, yeah. And then I pulled out the, the, the CD sleeve and I was like, here, read through the lyrics. Yeah. And then he like read through them on the toilet one time. And I was just like, yeah, I guess so. And then from then on, <laughs> then here comes Lamb of God and like a bunch of other things. <laughs> you can only get away with so much. That was like what I tried convincing when Becca was getting into Ghost. And she was she really liked He Is and Sweet. And then uh, finally we were listening. I don't know why in the world I thought we'd get away with it, but we were listening to Year Zero. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty <laughs> oh, And she like, looked at me, and she was like, do these guys worship Satan? <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, nah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, that would not be the song. I, well, you know, to be fair, it had been like weeks, and she was actually really getting into Ghost. And like, I guess I just thought, well, it's a banger. I mean, you got to rip maybe. the bandit off at some point. Yeah. I guess I just underestimated how much she was actually listening to the words. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he is is not. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly subtle. why he is wasn't exactly like a a good song. Anyway, uh, lyrically, you know, if you're on that perspective, but diverse city. So that, hey now, yeah, the first song. Hey now, featuring coffee from Grits. Wow, Grits. I loved Grits. Did either of you listen to Grits? Was Grits a Christian rapper? Nope. I They're the people. Sorry. They were. They were a hip hop group, and they sang. Uh, I promise you've heard like the one song. It's a, uh, my life be like ooh. Oh uh, yeah, 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 ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Grits. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I, I, and Sam, you pointed out this uh, before we started recording. Toby Mac not listing any of the features on the actual album. Yeah. What a scumbag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And, like the one you point you cited specifically, the poetically incorrect. Where yeah, it's, li- a- it's literally he's not on it at all. <laughs> it's just that woman, and I don't even know who it is because it's not listed. It's on the Wikipedia. <laughs> it's it's somebody named MOC. But yeah, on the on the Spotify on the listing, he did not give her a credit. He doesn't give a credit to any of his features. I can find him on Wikipedia, but on the actual album, he which is so skeezy, he didn't give anybody a shout out. And yeah, on the one song there, he doesn't even, he's not on it. It's just this one female performer. And even then, it's supposedly a Toby Mac song on the yeah. album. Toby <laughs> Mac is a concept. He's a, he's, so I don't know anything about him personally, obviously. 
but I do know that I've I've had friends who like got pulled up on stage with them and stuff during shows. Yeah. And they get a whole briefing when they're pulled up on stage. It's like a whole pre-produced thing that they have to stand in the background. They can't do anything to draw attention to themselves. They can't in any way, shape, or form outshine Toby Mac while he's on the stage. Uh, that's a <coughs> fragile ego is what that is. So it's a really weird thing Like where, and it was really funny because the guy who got invited up, the guy who I'm talking about, one, it was really trying to be Toby Mac. He was trying to be a pop star and he was trying to like be on that track. So when he got invited up, he thought it was like his chance to do something, to show Toby Mac something. And before he went up there, he was super cocky about it. He's just like, wait till he sees my dance moves. Wait until you know, he's going to want to collaborate. He's going to want to hear my music and all this stuff. And then literally he was told that he couldn't move or do anything to draw attention to himself. So he just stood there awkwardly in the background. It's funny because yeah, like, no, it Toby. seems kind of backward. Because like, if you went to a live show and some random dude got pulled up on stage and like did some crazy – was like – did really well. You would remember that. Like you would have a way more positive, oh yeah, memory and, well, these, and perception days, of that show than if just like it was just Toby Mac. Which I mean, you went to see. Fair enough. But yeah. yeah like, so to be clear, they, they it was a really weird thing. They invited like twenty people up, and I don't really. Get, it was like part of a song. I guess it was like you know one of these like we're all in this together songs. So it was like we're gonna bring you up here so you can see that you're a part of this show too. But then, like, it was just, like, 20 people just standing there that weren't even allowed to, like, bob their heads that were just <laughs> staring. Yeah, because, like, uh, I remember there was a Reliant K show where they pulled up a random person to, like, pl- like they gave him a guitar and was, like, he said he knew how to play one of their songs. And I think it was either Sadie Hawkins' dance or uh, the Pink Dress to the Prom song. And he played the whole thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. With them. Yeah, and it people was awesome. love that. That's, like, pe- that's like everybody's yeah. favorite thing. <laughs> that gets you views. That, that gets you... That gets you big views on TikTok yeah. now. That's like everybody's doing that. Like all the bands that want to get some good press, they're inviting people. You know up. how many views Dangerous Post has gone not playing Post drums? Post Malone is super no- notorious about that. Oh, nobody heard my Kendrick Lamar joke. I didn't hear it. Sorry. Oh, I was going to. Uh, you're referring to when Kendrick Lamar brought up that white girl and she said the N word. <laughs> yeah. And all, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I was, oh. was going to get there myself. That was on my docket of things to talk about on this subject. Yeah, yeah, he pulled. So look it up sometime. Kendrick Lamar no longer brings people up to his shows because he pulled up like this drunk college white girl who he's probably trying to sleep with. Is that racist? I don't know. Uh, but he like brought her up, and uh, she said every n word with like the hard r in the song, and like all the energy gets sucked off the stage, and you can tell nobody knows like how to, uh, like politically get her off the stage without causing a big problem. Just show There's her. like. Disbelief too. <laughs> Nobody can believe that she just got in did front of like just... the audience and did it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Definitely worth a laugh. So uh, Toby Mac had the right idea, maybe. Don't let you know, bring yeah, him up and don't let him talk. Don't let him do a thing. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so Controlled hey now. <laughs> yeah, yes, so oh, yes. we'll get there. <laughs> hey now, intro track. Uh Probably one of the more forgettable tracks on the album, yeah, honestly. Is. Which I put is this not a good sign I, for an intro It's track. really busy. There's a lot going on, but I don't remember anything. He sounds so bored. Like, I promise this was the last song they got done. Like, they were like, you got to do a song with the guy from Grits. And he was like, all right, uh, hey now. Oh, there we go. And he just sounds like he's falling asleep. The yeah, whole time. Like, it was like part of his deal, like goatee. Yeah. Like, he, he has to be out. It's he has to have a Contractually spot. obliged. Yeah. <laughs> but number two. If you guys are okay with just oh yeah. oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. number two this is a song that when I heard it I was like oh my god 
Dude, I, I forgot about this song. I thought this song. I remember when I was a kid. I thought this was like the hardest song that ever existed. Yeah, and it's literally, it's called "Catch a Fire," but in parentheses it says "Whoopsie Daisy." Yep. I had yeah. never heard this particular song before, and it's probably on a loop in hell. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. Is this, this is, there's not that is this many the track where oh sorry. Oh, I was, I was super quick. There's not that many songs that are this catchy and also this bad. <laughs> That's true. It's memorable, but it's not the good kind of memorable. This is one of those songs that even though I haven't heard it in literally like yeah, like twenty years, it still gets stuck in my head sometimes and I still think about it. And <laughs> Is this the the track where he uses the line "I'm feeling ho hum," like he's a Charlie Brown? Oh comic yeah, or something. Yep. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm feeling ho. Yeah, like yeah. Yep, that's the song. Ho hum. Who are you? Who is this for? <laughs> who are you relating to? Ho hum. Who? When's the last time you said ho hum ever? Literally never ever. I'm pretty. I bet my life I've never said ho hum until until today. It's just literally just now. Like that's like. I don't know. What's who's that one uh, boomer uh, uh, artist who made like all those like old people painting? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's uh, the political cartoon guy. No, it's like the kid buying bubble gum at the local store, and the old man on the counter is looking over, and his glasses are like. Uh, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Lana Del Rey, Norman Rockwell. Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's like, that's comes from that era. Ho hum. <laughs> See, I brought it back. It took me a minute, True, but okay. I, we got there. <laughs> we made I was going to say, that's the second. I am sick. My head is foggy. That is the second time I thought I was having a stroke during this recording. I was literally <laughs> like, what the hell is he talking about? I was just about? having a manic episode. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep all the secretions away from the mic. I, I apologize in advance if there's a lot of that sound. And if I seem out of it, I'm not 100% at all. All right. Back to it. The Slam. Oh, yes. The Slam. This is the most listened to track on this album, according to Spotify. This was like him trying to capture momentum again. Yeah. Yeah, Undoubtedly, but like what... This is the Slam. Like what what are you talking about? This is the one. It's the Slam, dude. You know, we're going to bring it like like it ain't been brung. Was the slam like? Was that a term before banger? Was would it be like the modern equivalent? Would be this is the banger? Like is that? Well, people used to say slamming, right? This is slamming. I've heard slamming, but the slam like is it? This song slaps. Like I'm trying to figure out if it was slang at some point, because saying this is the slam makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) All I know is it's the slam. This is the slam. This is the one. They're going to bring and, it like it ain't been. Hold it. Brung. Yep. Uh, absolutely uh, heinously evil, stupid movie. disgusting song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Bad. This is where you, you see the P.O.D. crossover. Yeah. Like, remember when we looked up like the, which we were listening to one of the P.O.D. albums, the early ones, and we saw that Toby Mac had, was it, was it P.O.D.? Yeah. Toby Mac had writing credits for a lot of the songs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that was his outlet for this kind of music, but he has to, he has to have one like this because everybody loved Momentum so much. Yeah. Uh, this whole album, just to, just to summarize my review of this album, it really feels like he was forced to make another album that he wasn't ready to make, and so he just tried to make Momentum again, and it failed stupendously. No, he was serving up a sequel, like that one song. Was that Hey Now? 
I don't remember. He says serving up a sequel like a hundred times <laughs> in a song. I don't remember which one it is. It all kind of blurred together. But like, he's like, oh, it's time for me to make another album. I'm definitely going to make, this is going to be good and interesting and different. And it's yeah, like, by, by this beat point, for beat the same. <laughs> by the slam, I was really checked out of this album. Yeah. I was like, I hate this. <laughs> Don't. It's I I can I can promise you the teenage Sam would have probably bobbed his head to it, but this at this point I was like, what is this guy doing? Like these songs are so vanilla. There's nothing going on. You could it, this is like the throwing shit at a wall album because yeah. a couple of the tracks we'll get to one of them especially. It's like there's like not even like a theme to this album. <laughs> like it's doesn't like it's not cohesive. All the track like the slam doesn't sound like anything else on the album. No, it's just like a rap rock song. Because he had done a rap rock song. So he has to do another one. Is what it feels like. And then I guess the Poetically Correct, which is the next track, is like the uh, artsy interlude kind of vibe. <coughs> and this is uh, Poetically Correct is the one where he had a female vocalist who did not get any credit for the song, which I have to assume is like the scummiest thing you can do for some like... That's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially with Spotify, because like it's it's so yeah. easy to just like list all the features. Yeah. I wonder, that kind of um, that has to be part of like the whatever the union is. It's not like Screen Actors Guild, whatever. I don't know what the music one is. Um, Recording Artists Guild, yeah, or, or yeah, R I A A A. I think is that recording. Yeah, recording. Yeah, Tom would know he was going to join it. Yeah, I, well, okay, I'm trying to think because there's ASCAP is one, but I don't remember what that stands for. Yeah, and uh. And then, yeah, RIAA. I would have to Institute assume. Institute of America Association or something like that. Yeah. I, I would have to assume that all of their stuff is like standardized for like how you credit like writing and performing and features, whatever. Like the, all that has to be like figured out, right? They're not, it's not just like well, here's, flying blind. Here's what I'm wondering. So when I saw them tour, I'm actually going to make that really random story I told about drinking the espresso in front of the pretty girl relevant. <laughs> Go on. Which is a miracle because as soon as I told that, I felt like the 90-year-old in the retirement home who just goes off on a rent. In my day, we had physical money. But uh, no. So <laughs> when I saw them at that show, they, I, I remember very specifically he introduced them as the Diverse City Band. Like, yeah. I'm Toby Mac and this is the Diverse City Band. I wonder if he got away with it by saying that, like, Diverse City was part of the product. So that was part of his – it'd be like – you don't say featuring, um, you don't say like featuring Mark Hoppus on a Blink One Eighty Two song when he sings, right? Yeah. You don't say that. So I almost wonder if that's how he got away with it because she was part of the Diversity Band, so that he didn't have to give her credit because she was just part of the Toby Mac brand altogether. Yeah, I think it has to be some kind of aggressive contractual thing. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, Still it's super shitty. Scummy. Yeah. There's somebody and named like, Capital M O C. I know that yeah. from Wikipedia now. All right, Whoever check out capital M O C. See what she's up to these days. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the biggest that... problem. I... Yeah, oh yeah, sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. The biggest problem I had with this song is that it was very clearly written by Toby Mac, and it was really weird hearing Toby Mac's lyrics performed by somebody else. It's it's got all the same rhyme structure and everything that Toby Mac would do, but it's coming out of somebody else's mouth. It was like one of those episodes or movies where the people switch bodies. Well, yeah, this also goes back to like the whole thing where it's like. <laughs> it strikes me as the I wish I was black yeah, mentality. Absolutely. It's like it's my words, but it's not coming out of my face. Yeah. Um 
It's not my struggle, but it is. <laughs> yeah. See, I wrote about it. <laughs> um, Mein Kampf. Which... <laughs> uh, you'd think that if he was really being supportive of the diverse community, he would want to give as much credit as he could to an African... This is African before that was popular, vocalist. though, and, like, Coca-Cola started doing it. True. You know, she should be lucky <laughs> yeah. that he even let her on the album at all. Yeah. I mean, in the early thousands, or let him use the same wrong. water fountain. You're not wrong. Yeah, I don't know what you guys remember about the early thousands, but it was pretty buck wild back then. <laughs> buck wild. They uh, would like let they would let a black person uh, in the crowd of like a Disney Channel movie, and <laughs> he would smile and give a thumbs up at the camera, and they wouldn't let him have a talk. Then they cut him. away from him immediately, and then yeah. shoo him off the stage. Yeah. All right. That, that was, that's about as far as we're going. Okay. That was legitimately back in the day where they would have a black like. A guest star on a show and he'd come in and be like what's the happy haps and everybody would laugh and then he would try to sell the main character what's drugs up, what's up what's up <laughs> want to try weed <laughs> no, it's cool man i don't like you people laugh <laughs> 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 laugh track <laughs> that was that was 2004 that was and that was considered progressive back then <laughs> Those were days. Those were indeed days. All right. Uh, atmosphere. Atmosphere. That's an okay song. It was yeah. all right. It's pretty chill. I like it. That's about all I have to say for it. I do have words to say about track number six, though. <laughs> what? What? I have a lot to say about this song. I'll let you go first. I don't want to dominate it. So please. Well, don't. this is this is like this this exemplifies the there's not a theme to this album and they're just trying every possible thing. This is like. There was another track. I think it was on the Hawk Nelson album that we listened to. The letters it sounds the a lot like it for sure. Oh, absolutely. Where it's yeah. like it's the Christian dating breakup, like teenage romance song, and it's just sound. It's like sounds so fake and not remotely real, and uh, focus group. Focus yeah. groups to hell. It's like what 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 are, what's affecting today's youth when they're trying to date somebody? They're like, I don't know, Jesus wasn't there? Yeah. There wasn't enough Jesus. They didn't I leave room know, for Jesus. What the hell is the perspective of this song? Who so as far as I can tell, it's Toby Mac yelling at a dude whose woman just left him because he didn't love God enough. Or he because he didn't appreciate her, or probably a combination of the two. Yeah, it's not I don't know, maybe I didn't listen to uh, close enough to the lyrics. So it's it, like the is is the scene that they're like at an ice cream shop and like Toby Mac sitting there eating his ice cream and he sees a girl go you don't appreciate me <laughs> she gets up and she storms out and Toby Mac goes over and immediately starts singing the Listen, song man to... you never know what you got till it's gone you never know what you were thinking <laughs> this is like, I oh, was like is this the weird... one where he does the whisper section where he I sounds like so. <laughs> it's literally like the most offensive sounding vocals. <laughs> I don't know paper that to my eardrums. Song. I don't remember if it's this song or another one, but he does like this, like it's supposed to be like a uh, a quiet build section where he's like whispering the lyrics, which is, you know, if you do it right, can sound good. But like it, it was might just be. like it, he was like whispering, but I don't know if it was compression or if he was just whispering, like doing the fake loud whisper where you're like, hey, it might be it? on the breakdown. There's a breakdown where he's like. I heard that you want to get back with her, but she has Jesus now and she doesn't need you. And I think that that might be what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it, this it is really. 
And all I could think was, this song is basically just Toby Mac just, like, kicking a dude who just got broken up with while he's down. It, to the point where he's like, heard you were missing her and wanted her back. Well, too bad. And it's like, Toby, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't leave song, room for Jesus. He's just ripping this poor guy apart who just got broken up with. <laughs> it's such a, it's you never like, know uh, what you got till it's good. What a bizarre, like, thing to write a song about. Yeah. that <laughs> uh, yeah, It's truly weird and again it doesn't sound like any other track on the album well not no two tracks sound alike so it's just like what what's going on well i guess two do but um then we got number seven which now with our modern lens is a lot more sad (laughs) (coughs) this song was heartbreaking dude just absolutely a hard listen uh i guarantee you that his son true dog is probably about five the same age as my daughter and, like, that whole part at the end where he's like, want a Happy Meal? And he's like, yeah, I'm getting paid. I was like, this is just, like, devastating. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, him now, if he heard this track, that would, like, blow your brain up, I think. Yeah. Like, you would just, like, Ooh, I, I don't Yeah, know. that's, like, it's rough. It's like, fucking... inpatient mental health crisis. <laughs> if yeah. You, like, yeah. Go back and listen. If you that's don't know. brutal, dude. If you Fuck. don't know Toby Mac's son, who is True Dog in this, did actually end his own life. Uh, or overdosed. Was it officially overdosed. a suicide? Or was it yeah, overdosed? He, overdosed. he, he died. I heard overdosed. He died somehow. That's what um, I think I remember reading. He passed. He passed away. He was and, like 19 uh, Toby or Mac released. I don't, I don't know exactly. Yeah. It was it was like around that. Toby Mac literally released like a bunch of songs where he was like, I I hate my life. This is terrible. Nothing will ever. It's true, true misery and grief. And uh, with that, the context of that, listening to this dad spending time with his kid in the studio goofing off is genuine, like truly unironically heartbreaking. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard to listen to. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. So I listened to it a few times. Just yeah. To feel. I almost finished too, but I couldn't quite get there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm just joking. I'm joking around. Just jokes, I'm just folks. joking. Just jokes. <laughs> oh, we're all jokes he today. Actually, he actually finished twice. He said yeah. his picture. <laughs> I'm being dishonest. It was way one easier than I said. I only needed the one listen. They don't call him Tom always finishes. Excuse me, Tom, because he doesn't always finish. I was going to put your last name out there. I decided not to. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you for being considerate. But following that, now in Modern Lens, depressing song is the title track for the album, Diverse City. And I was listening to this album today while playing cards with uh, Shay. And then this song came on. And then I like magically somehow from some crevice, some fold in my brain deep near like the, the reptilian brain. I could just recite like most of the lyrics to this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put de- away, baby. We don't play, baby. I want to derail for a second, and this is gonna be really quick. All right. And I just want to say I really appreciate how whole, how wholesome your relationship is with your wife. That she listens. That. She lets me uh, play awful albums. No, no. <laughs> it's just you're always you're like you're always you. you Unironically, you're always telling stories where you're like we went on a road trip or we were just playing cards or we went to the gym together. It's really sweet. It's really wholesome. It's really good Aww. stuff. You have a very, like from the outside, you have a very fun and healthy relationship with your wife, and I respect that. I think yeah. that's cool. I try to like avoid talking about the beatings and all that. <laughs> yeah. kind of it's stuff. it's we know about them because we know you. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, she hits you know, me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You do ask her to pleasure you while you listen to songs of suicide to dead sons, though. So I mean, yeah, she didn't take too kindly. That's to that, the other so. side. Oh. You know, lesson learned, but, really. But but genuinely, in the age of like where for whatever reason it's cool for dudes our age to like hate our wives and like that's like the meme, right? Oh, the old ah, ball and chain. I hate my <laughs> wife. If only I could be with the super. I just think on of TV. that. Did you watch? Uh, I think you should leave, Sam. The Netflix comedy show, the Tim Robinson sketch comedy show. No. There's a sketch. It's so funny. Uh, Corey, I think you know which one. Uh, it's There's these guys playing cards, and they're all doing the old ball and chain jokes <laughs> and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then one guy, he like may right. finally makes one after a while, and then immediately he's like, I, I don't know why I said that. I didn't mean that at all. I love my wife. And then it has like this whole super dramatic flashback where he's like an actor trying to <laughs> trying out in a local play. And someone keeps stealing his lines, and she's being like so encouraging the whole time. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. So I always think of that. But but about yeah. the song diversity, it has a really funky guitar part. I really like the guitar part in the chorus. It's a very dense track. There's a lot. There's yeah, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And it's not. It doesn't get muddy ever. Like it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, actually, the the album in general is produced very well. That's the I that's a frustrating I, thing. Is it's produced so well for like I have such a note about garbage. That. I have a note about that schedule for when we uh we listen to the last song got to go. Yeah, but okay. yeah, you're not wrong. Like it is very well produced. I never thought but about yeah. it until I I just took it for granted that it just sounds good. You know, diversity is just a freak show in your neighborhood. True. And if you want to praise, you can come on down cuz this freak show is leaving the ground. I don't remember the last time I heard a voice box. That's yeah, true. That, that, that was definitely the thing back in 2004. There was yeah. a lot of voice box. There was stuff like going Beverly on. Hills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I always be. It was like the new toy that got out there in production that everybody had to see. And it's funny because that's like a very old to- like is, Peter yeah. Frampton was the guy who did yeah. like he like f- made the talk box famous and the Bon Jovi I guess. <laughs> oh, I said voice box. Yeah, you know what I mean. The, I'm gonna say that this song. The other, the other note I had about this song is that it, it features the heaviest uh, youth group energy. Oh def- so yeah! You, oh yeah! If you ever went to a youth group, it was always like, "Watch out, we're real wild and crazy Christian kids," and they'd be like eating pizza and listening to Toby Mac. That's what this song feels like. They're like, "We're a freak show," and you just know that they're like well dressed, substance free, tax paying individuals who are just like singing a song. <laughs> Like, Come on, man. Quit show. bogarting those Bible man tapes. Yeah. After this, we're going to watch Lord of the Rings. We're freaks. <laughs> it had real youth group. But we're going to watch it on the... What's that one DVD player that censored uh, movies? Do you remember what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, my God. I, I know God, what you're talking about. The remember. Angel something? Oh. Guardian. Yeah. Holy oh crap. The Guardian my. Angel. That's I think like that's what the it was deepest called. pull in the history of this that podcast. That is a hard pull. Because I, I remember we they had that at our school, and we were trying to watch um, it, uh, the movie based on Romeo and Juliet. It was for a literature class. Oh, I remember Do you remember this? this? I do. And there was a scene. It's the scene where Romeo approaches Juliet on the balcony, like the most iconic scene in the whole play. And it censored it because when she would lean over, she had cleavage. And it cut out the entire thing. And it just like skipped ahead, and we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? So then we got a regular DVD player and rewatched the movie. <laughs> I totally it's, forgot about that. 
Yeah. I always got a huge kick out of like the folks on the family plugged in mag. Yeah, thing. it's like well, this oh, movie was yeah. okay, but um, I remember they I remember a James sex. Bond one. Um, they would break down every swear word and every everything even remotely sexual. Yeah. And you, and you just know that guy was getting off. I'm sorry. You're not going to convince me in a million years. That dude went to movies specifically just to see how many boobs he could see so that he could chronologically document Dude, it. I remember hey, one I of got the to see Bond. Gran Torino before I was 18 because of a uh, Focus on the Family review. Oh, yeah? You got to see what? Gran Torino. Oh. They said how many so racial no slurs there were. With... And you yeah, were like, they were like, yeah. you see uh, the curse of Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> it, it totally makes sense that he would be a Polish, angry Polish man from the Korean War that just uh, hates Asians. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, go take your kids. Plugged in is absolutely still a thing, by the way. Oh, I can read a review of Creed 3 right now. Creed 3. There's huh? a third one already? I did yeah. just, I only how many, oh, how many people out there wanted to take their kids to see Creed 3, but they weren't There's sure. a demon. There's a demon slayer's. Uh, review and don't tell me you don't want to know what the focus on the family plugged in that exists in 2023 thought of Demon Slayer anime. Let's see. Oh God. Uh, I'm just gonna look for like a if there's like a summary conclusion. If you expected another epic installment, you'll be sorely disappointed with the story. Oh, he actually like knows his Demon Slayer, I guess. That's because this movie isn't really a movie. It's both a recap and an early access preview. The whole thing takes is this is just actual thoughts on Demon Slayer. Yeah, what the heck's happening? This is Ultimately, not how the, it used to be. <laughs> Ultimately, the Demon Slayer franchise offers some redemptive messages and consistently emphasizes the importance of family. <laughs> These certainly won't make any Swordsmith Village's issues any easier to swallow. Let's see, there's definitely violent content and sexual content. <coughs> they still break it down like that. Previous installments of the TV show Demon Slayer uh, have mostly avoided unnecessary sexual content throughout the series. However, this latest edition will disappoint those hoping that the story maintains this. A woman is shown bathing in a hot spring. She Ew. rises from the water. We see her rear. Her breasts are seen, Whoa. only barely covered by her hair. Breasts! Uh, people jump naked into hot springs. Additionally, one female demon shirt exposes quite a bit of that character's breasts. One man oh. has three wives. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what are we, Mormons? <laughs> this is amazing. This is what I came here for. This actually makes it all worth it. This is what I wanted from a, a Christian magazine's perspective on anime. Th oh, my God. This is amazing. I, this is the gold of the episode, boys. All right. I'm ready. Elsewhere, when a woman whispers into... I don't know. There's, I don't watch the show. Ten, Tanjiro's ear. Is that right? I, I don't watch, watch it? it either. Okay. When a woman whispers into Tanjiro's ear, he gets a nosebleed, a popular anime trope that's shorthand for a character's excitement about seeing or hearing something sexual. <laughs> Yes, that's true. <laughs> true. Thank you for identifying the trope. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. So, oh, Diversity. Yeah. Stories. It's about Toby Mac hitting rock bottom, baby. Yeah, Melody Catchy, the song itself is... <laughs> I think it's kind of ironic having the song, uh, having... um. True dog at the beginning, having a five-year-old go, we all got stories, and then tell, like, what is supposed to be, like, a super serious song about, like, you know, like, the literal bottom point of your entire life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember fucking not... hating the true dog parts. Yeah, same. Um, I don't care as much now. He's... I think I funny. do. <laughs> I still hate them. I mean, they're not good, but like I, but like you know, you, you 
you get them for like what they are. Just like you know, dad fucking around having fun with this kid, whatever. I like, I don't care anymore now. But when I was a kid, I hated yeah. them. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely true. That was the that track seven was the one I skipped every single time listening to this album. Um, but yeah, stories. Um, more Featuring posturing. Super chick. Super chick. Rock bottom for super chick. What does that look like? Super Current chick day. Were absolutely enormous. But they were just enormous back in the day. Oh yeah, I remember... they broke up in 2013. The guitarist went off, like joined Audio Adrenaline. Which what are they up to? Are they like just a no kidding? Band now? Didn't their lead singer die like a long time ago? <coughs> I have no idea. Is that true? Or he got like throat cancer or something? Am I crazy? No, I have no idea. No. Anyway, I hadn't thought about Audio Adrenaline until I clicked <laughs> on the Super <laughs> Chick page. I haven't thought about until you said it. They were absolutely enormous, though. They were. They were Audio oh, Adrenaline yeah. was up there with Newsboys. And DC Talk. Getaway Car. I hated this song. This is oh the worst song on the track. Oh my god! Yeah, hate this. this song. Uh, sorry, I started yawning as soon as you said the song title. <laughs> Wait, I gotta. What's the? What is the chorus of this song? I have to remind myself. It's something about getting in. I gotta get in a getaway car. Actually, everybody needs there might be one car. song I hate more. I gotta get out of here fast and far. That's like the dumbest <laughs> lyric. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a seventh grader's poetry. That's a stretch. Oh, I forgot to comment on the the down to the rock bot. They rhyme bottom with bottom. Very impressive. Oh yeah, well cool, done. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, getaway car. Like, uh, yeah, no, no thanks. Got a getaway car. I, I gotta get away fast. Full disclosure: I didn't listen to that full song. I got like to the first chorus, and I was like, "I'm not doing this for four and a half minutes. It's just not happening." Four and a half minutes is a long time it for that song. It is a long Toby Mac song. I was legit like, "This song's not gonna get any better." Like, yeah, not it's just gonna repeat indefinitely. This is filler music. Uh, That's what. Why is this album so long? Yeah, it's well, it's only an so hour, long. which is pretty standard, but it does feel like seven hours when you listen to it. An hour long. Well, there's like, not a lot of content. It's like it repeats itself so much. Feels so much longer because like songs are like two and a half, three and a half minutes long, right? There's like seventeen of them. And like, there's surprisingly little like meat on any of the songs. It's like here's the hook. We're gonna keep doing the hook over and over. Every song basically boils down to, I wish I was black, but I love Jesus. I'm about to worship hum diddly dee us And then that's the, then the chorus comes in and it's. Get know, away, like, car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love, um, I wrote, the, I wrote this down. This wasn't in this song, but I think it's, it's really funny. Anytime, <laughs> like Christian rappers can't stop talking about the part in the Bible when Jesus is flipping over all the tables in the temple, because oh, it's the only hard yeah. thing that Jesus ever did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're like Jesus flip a table. Every single It is really funny. Yeah, it's the every single time everybody's always bringing it up. Well, you think about it, it's it's literally the equivalent of like trying to be a a, a punk rock band devoted to Gandhi. <laughs> like that's what every Christian music thing, like Jesus was like the most peace like his whole thing was peace yeah. and like love and and being good to your neighbor. And then just hyper and now we're trying on to make like time. Yeah, rebellious, angry teen music. <laughs> and so yeah, it's always did I ever tell you guys the story about when I played Jesus flipping over the tables? Did you flip over a table? No. So my 
My dad uh, has become a children's church teacher. That's a, it's a big part of his life now. He, he, re, he got married to a new woman who was very supportive in it, and I guess it was always a passion of his, and he's gotten really into it. He's doing a great job. He's very into it. And he does, like, skits, and he does, like, these really elaborate things to teach his lessons, and he wanted me to come in and play Jesus flipping the tables. And he sat me down, and he was like, now I want you to scare him. He's like, everybody <laughs> thinks of Jesus too nicely. He's I like, want I you want to, you to get rough. Him. He's scare like, I him. want you to get hard in there. He's like, I want you to, to scream, and I want you to be hardcore. And you know me, just a little autistic. I really, like, I was like, okay, we're going to scare these kids straight. It's prison time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to show them Jesus like they've never seen him before. And there was a small part of me that was like, maybe don't go too hard. Like, these are still, like, six-year-olds. But And how I long ago that. was this? I'm sorry. This was probably two years okay. ago. <laughs> Pretty recently. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, it's all set up, and I'm in there. And long story short, I go in there, and I'm screaming at these. It is like a, a scared straight. <laughs> like, I'm like, how dare you? And I, like, I pick up, and I throw the table. I nearly hit my dad. It actually was way lighter than I thought it was going to be, so it, like, it crashed into the wall. And like I scream, and like I'm not kidding. Kids ran out of the room crying. <laughs> you did your job. So and funny. job well I, done. I couldn't like stop halfway through, so I commit and I go all the way out. And a kid has got to find his like on my way back down. I change out of the costume, and right away I was like, "That was probably too much." And I really I like screamed at the top of my lungs, and I like really got in people's faces, like spitting on them and everything. Pre COVID, uh, <laughs> and on my way down, there's this kid just sobbing into his mom's stomach. Like she'd found, he'd found her in the congregation and pulled her out and he's just sobbing into her. And the, the mom looked at me and she's like, don't feel, I was like apologizing. I'm not a total sociopath. I was like, I'm really sorry. I was trying to like make an impact. She's like, Oh, it's okay. It's <laughs> she's like, you know, his dad just left this last winter and he used to scream at him a lot and it was really abusive. Oh my, and uh, you just really, uh-huh. you just really triggered all that stuff. And I'm like, cool <laughs> oh, uh, i'm gonna go back to sunday school now so weirdly enough i've never been asked to uh participate mm. in children's church again who else yells a lot in the bible who's a big yeller like everybody um, really there's a lot of yelling in the bible uh elijah probably all the philistines <laughs> philistines <laughs> you say the steins are a loud and boisterous people that's for sure you just made an enemy mm. for life <laughs> that's such a good, I love that meme. That's a good meme. That is. That's. A, did you come up with that joke all by yourself? With the Steen joke? Yeah, yeah. That, that was on this podcast. That's that's really funny. I know, but I was like, it's not from. Oh anything. no, no. I mean, probably somebody's done it. Really funny. Uh, the next song is "Fresher Than a Night at the W," which I don't remember. <laughs> oh, we skipped over "Burn Richard for Lane. You." Hang on. Oh, "Burn for You." <laughs> we skipped over "Burn for You," <laughs> which my only thing I have to say is. Uh, imagine just shamelessly stealing message in a bottle. Well, actually, Corey, you pointed this yeah, up. But yeah, yeah it is literally the message in a bottle. I can't tell. Riff. I think it might be straight I don't think it is. You don't think it is? It's slightly altered, but the first It's slower for sure. Section. The first section is definitely exactly the same. Yeah, the tone is the same. It's a little bit slower. It might um, be pitched down or like down a played lower. Yeah, it's a little kind of like warbly, like kind of dissonant kind of sounding. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. 
Um, I think they they considered it like a sample. I think they were definitely aware and it was intentional. Yeah, because okay. yeah. yeah, it is bang on. I I yeah. played I played the first like ten seconds of the song like <coughs> fifteen times because I couldn't think of what it was. Um, I kept thinking my brain kept telling me it was uh, Hotel California, even though I knew it wasn't. Just a castaway. It was. You know what I'm talking what about? Where like you're trying to think of something and you're like. For some reason, whatever like whatever like path like path of neurons you're trying to get to, like you keep getting the wrong thing. Your brain keeps yeah. telling you the yeah. That's like no, 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 no. It, it is. kept telling me it was the Eagles. I'm like, I, but I know it's not. It's House of the Rising Sun. You heard that song? <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, that's burn you. Yeah. Fresher than a night at the W. I don't even remember this song being on this album. Uh, it's an interlude of either. some kind. Yeah. Then the next song is maybe I might be wrong. This might be worse than Getaway. Car. Yeah, that's what it's I was gonna annoying. say. I yeah. think when you said it was the I worst this song, song, this was the one that I was yeah. like, I think there might be one worse one. This one's so yes. bad. Yes. Illuminati Ill coming I. through, baby. Ill am I. It says and on Wikipedia I, it's a soul junk cover. Was he covering someone else's song? That would definitely make mm. sense about why he had an Illuminati lyric yeah. in his song. That was really out of character for Toby Mac. I was like, yeah, that was kind of weird. That, so it's probably a cover. I don't have a lot to say about that, except that I love going on Facebook and seeing all the Christian moms post like things about the Illuminati after a Super Bowl show or some, where there's like a triangle visible. Oh yeah. That's or they did the eye, the fingers yeah, that's over the eye favorite. thing, the yeah. okay sign over your eye or whatever the fuck it is. One eye. What is that? That's I don't one of my know. favorite memes in life. It happens every year. And they're like, that's how they got the Super Bowl. They they, they sold out to the Illuminati. So here's a picture from 14 years ago. At a she, she, uh, the person was drunk at a, some event and did this gesture. That's how they knew. Yep. Yeah. Um, phenomenon. See, I take offense to this because there's only one Christian phenomenon song, in my mind. Corey knows. You know, right? Uh, Am I crazy? I know what. Sorry, is it a skillet song? Close. Oh wait! Oh, it thumbs for crutch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna lose control. Yep. 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 That's the only phenomenon I give any credence to. Don't test me. These all these last tracks are kind of stinkers. <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. There's not really a whole lot to talk about. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's whatever. It's gotta go. It whatever. seems kind of weird putting a remix of a song on the same album that the song is on. Oh, the atmosphere one. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty popular back in. Was the day. it? And okay. I've seen it on yeah. like on like the, subsequent they albums. Like they'll release like re-release a remix of a song from a previous one. But I feel like the yeah. same My album one is weird. My theory is that during like the process of making these albums, they probably I know like Maroon Five was their first album was notorious for having like eighteen different versions, uh, varying from rock to really funky to soul and everything like mm -hmm. that. And I imagine there's like huge fights about which version is best and everything like that. Um, like fuck it, we'll put that, all of them on there. So I think that when they have a remix on the same album, it's because probably it was like a cutthroat battle to the end about which version was going to go on the album and finally they're just like fine we'll do one as a, re a remix and we'll just see which one they like more that's my theory for that I'd believe it this one had DC talk though the OG yeah. 
coming back. Uh, so going back to the real closer, which is Gotta Go, which is like the, the song where he's like talking about how busy he is and how he never has time and how he doesn't really feel it. And, uh, but he, the show has to go on. Um, I think that that's probably the most honest song on the album. I think that was how he felt the whole time that he was here. I think he killed himself to make the sound as good as possible, which is why the production is so good and the mix is so good because I really do think he put the work in, but I don't think his heart was in it at all. And I mean, he basically just admits that in the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, read. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole, I mean, why else would you include a song like this where he's literally like, Never knows where he's going. He can't spend any time with his family. He's got all these people trying to get him to be a producer for them, giving him demos, and he never knows where he is. And he, you know, he he's not he's hoping God will pull him through because man, is he not feeling it? And I think that that's diverse city in a nutshell. I think that that is the thesis of this entire project. I think you're right. <laughs> I think that fits like super perfectly, actually. <laughs> yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to diverse city. What would young you rate it, and what would you rate it now? Young, young me? me, five out of five. Are you kidding me? Yeah, young me, probably a five, maybe a four, because even young me liked momentum a little more. I'm gonna say four, because young me did like. What momentum age? More. When we say young me, since I didn't actually listen to this, what age are you looking to see? Probably like. Uh. Wait, like what? What age is young me rating? <coughs> Yeah, what age do you want me to be when I say what I? Because it makes a huge uh, probably. <laughs> I got super pretentious. Somewhere between <laughs> like second and like fourth grade. Oh, five out of five. I would yeah, love this at those for ages. me. Yeah. Absolutely. I was ten or eleven, I think, when yeah. this album came out, and I loved it. Pre-hormonal teenage Sam would have thought this was like the best best thing ever. I promise you that. When I'm so dumb, what grade are ten year olds in? Like third. It's like it could yeah, be third, third or, fourth. or fourth. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I, think. I was right. Okay, I'm making sure I'm not saying dumb shit. Yeah, um, probably, probably. I would say probably five. I do remember liking diversity a little or, or momentum a little bit more. So like four minimum. But like this album was like way up there. Yeah. I really wish I still talked to anybody I knew back then to know why I never listened to this album when I liked momentum so much. That's very out of character. I don't know why. Anyway. Maybe it just hit and the then what time. I would rate it now, <laughs> yeah, uh, minus two. Yeah, I'd say minus two as well. The only thing keeping it from like being like a minus four <laughs> is production. Yeah. yeah, like it's a competently a, made album. For the first time, we have a universal agreement. I had minus two written as well because it's not like offensively bad. It, there's nothing really super wrong with it. It's just. It's not good. There's a couple songs that are negative fives. Yeah, oh yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. Is it my turn to choose the next one? Yes. Wait. All right. Probably. I have no idea. Go ahead. Let's just say yes. We're going to finish up the trilogy of the of my early music. Hit me up. Uh, so we did, we did John Rubin. Then we did Blink-182. We're going to do the next step, the next big progression, which was uh, AFI, Sing the Sorrow. All right. Which ushered me into oh, my yeah. emo punk phase. I have not listened to AFI in a bajillion years. This was their big breakout album. It's where they went mainstream. A lot of people called them sellouts. We can get into all that maybe next time. But AFI Sing the Sorrow, That's uh, that was probably the biggest musical shift in my entire life. Before There was Blink-182, and then there was AFI. <laughs> Do we want to run through any of the music uh, that we maybe had written down that, we, that was going to be the topic for the episode? Or... Do you want to save that for next time? Where are we at? Like an hour, four, like, five. Yeah. 
we could call this one and we could save that for next time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I guess, I don't even remember if we said we were going to do it for this episode, last episode. But <laughs> so for, for now, for certain, uh, we're trying to make it a point in these first few episodes of this season to just like go over stuff that we either discovered in between when we had our, like a little, our little, I don't know, sabbatical yeah. on January or like, or like things that we didn't talk about or glossed over. Yeah. Cause it happens every year where like we do the megasode and then like two months later, there's like a bunch of other stuff we found that we didn't know about or where maybe yeah. we finally caught up on stuff we never got to or whatever. Uh, that's like worth talking about. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll be doing that next episode. Talking about some music. Music albums that we never talked about or either never talked about or just like very briefly talked about. Because I think I have. Well, maybe I don't. But yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be contemporary. Just like anything. Anything worth noting. So stay tuned for that. Uh, what did we learn today? What did we today? learn today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I learned just how far up their own ass the Oxford people are. <laughs> I don't remember when we talked about this episode. It's always a good sign. <laughs> oh, well, I remember Diver City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. Damn, I can't think of anything funny. I learned that uh, the secret to writing a very good song is rhyming a word with itself bottom with bottom in this case that's all I got I learned, I learned that Q from Star Trek was just a good allegory for the Jews damn also I forgot about that whole conversation <laughs> missed opportunity oh well we'll get him next time yeah, next time. Mission accomplished. Uh, I will say this: a hundred episode boys. I I, I have a tendency to always say, "Thanks I actually can't for hanging out that. with me." I always say something like that, like "Thanks for hanging out with me" or "Thanks for being part of this." Instead, I want to flip. I want to make sure that I say this right this time. Thanks for letting me record with you guys Aww. for the last hundred episodes. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I love you, boys. Sam. I love you most, beautiful. I hate both and, of you. <laughs> and thanks to everybody that's that's listened. Yeah. 4.3K. 100 episodes. Times. We started this in 2017. Damn. Isn't that wild to think about? It it's seems like both not that long ago and a really long time ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just know that I had hair when we started. Because I just my remember little avatar for it had hair. Damn. Recording at the, the table in Bro House oh, yeah. on the early episodes. The early And then days. censoring swear words. Remember when that was a meme? <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember it. And, and we would like, we'd almost look for permission to swear because we knew that it was going to be work for you. So we'd be like, Is it, I'm going to swear, but you just bleep it out. It'll be at this time for you. Yeah. And then even that was too much. Yeah. Two bleeps in an episode? I'm done with this. Probably for the best. <coughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to bleep that. <laughs> you actually should be a good meme. Bleep. That'd be really funny. You right. won't do it. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. That's what the listeners writing. will find out. That's one of my favorite running gags of the modern series is where we like make a point that something would be a really funny edit and like anybody else would either edit it out or add what would make it funny and you just leave it in. It's entire. <laughs> I think it's funnier when people call it for is, edits and then it just doesn't happen. 
And then I think it builds that, the anticipation, and then there's just no payoff. I think that if you uh, are into the hum- the sense of humor that we all have on this, you'll, you'll find that funny, too. I think it's hilarious every time. Because sometimes we'll have like a 10-minute conversation about how the edit should be, and then just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just a discussion. Yeah. yeah. That's very funny. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. 100 episodes. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Cheers. We did it. We didn't even talk about IndyCar. Damn. Oh, next damn. Time. Or any of the topics, honestly. We put yeah. a lot of time into diversity. We did. Well, th- yeah. That was a, a deep-seated. There was a lot going on, I think, in this discussion. <laughs> we all have a very similar upbringing, so there's a lot yeah. to talk about. Um, it didn't help anyway. that I was very unfocused. I'm, I'm, I think, more unfocused than usual. Sorry if that annoyed no, anybody. <laughs> But this is not exactly a focused podcast. That's true. That's yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, right. hey, stay hard, America. Stay, stay hard. hard. Till next we meet. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.